Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 945 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today I'll be speaking with Mike. He is an adult living with type 1 diabetes who is very involved in the looping community, the DIY do-it-yourself looping community. Mike and I are going to speak about loop and Omnipod 5 for a little bit today. If you're interested in algorithms and insulin pumping, this one's for you. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're interested in building a foundation for better health, check out my link for AG1. And it's a new link. DrinkAG1.com forward slash juice box. When you start with AG1 with my link, you'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first order. DrinkAG1.com forward slash juice box. And get 35% off your entire order at CozyEarth.com when you use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. There are links in the show notes and links at JUICEBOXPODCAST.COM to AG1, Cozy Earth, and today's sponsor. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by Cozy Earth. I am right now this second on my way to a movie. As soon as I record this ad, I'm going to a movie with my family. I just pulled on my Cozy Earth joggers because it's the most comfortable thing I could think of to go hang out in that movie theater with. I'm going to have on the sweatshirt from Cozy Earth. I'm going to pull on the joggers. I'm going to watch me a film. And when I get home tonight, I'm sliding into my bed with my Cozy Earth sheets. And I'm going to take a shower and wouldn't dry myself off with my Cozy Earth towels. I am not making any of this up. They are really cozy. CozyEarth.com. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. The podcast is also sponsored today by Touched by Type 1, touchedbytype1.org. They have a big event coming up in September that I'll be speaking at. I hope to see you there, touchedbytype1.org. Why did I get the, the VIP oh, list? Because I was out of days. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I just, I was literally, so the, um. so every year, I might leave this part in just so you know, every year I consciously think, don't don't book the show so much that you can't add somebody. Like I have this real like, don't do it, Scott. Don't you know? And so I I start every year out very carefully. I put out a link at the beginning of the year. I say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna book like the first six months right now. But then I'm not gonna book the next six months until I don't know June or something. Like I'm gonna wait a little bit. And so many people reach out with so many great ideas and stories, and they're from different walks of life. I just keep going, yeah, yeah, like sign up for that, sign up for that. And in three weeks, you can't get a recording until like October. And so by the time March or April rolls around, the year's full already. And then people reach out that I still want to have on the show. And I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I don't record on Mondays except for with Jenny or something special like that. So go ahead, just take this special link and go ahead, take something on Mondays. And then before I know what I give away Fridays And then before I know it, I'm recording the podcast every day, five days a week and getting to the point where I did somebody on Saturday night the other day because I just, I don't know how to say no. (laughs) So I want, I want that problem. Yeah. I love the, I love making the podcast. So anyway, you ended up with the VIP link because 
I was out of days. But also, Mike, <laughs> you're a VIP. Like, oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Just whatever your mom told you about you being special is 100% true. <laughs> uh, you go ahead and introduce yourself whenever you're ready. Uh, hi, I'm Mike. I've been type 1 diabetic since 2003. Um, How old are you? I don't know. I am 32. You are 32. Nope, 31. You are 31. When will you be 32 that that confused you? Oh, no, I am 32. Never mind, 32. Okay. <laughs> my whiteboard is already a mess. <laughs> well, it's like my, my birthday is in 90, so like the last digit matches like okay. my year age, Yeah, but only before or after the birthday. So I got to think like, all right, is it before or after my birthday? Uh, you were born the year after I graduated from high school. <laughs> but that doesn't make sense. So if I added 19 to this... Oh, maybe it does make sense. 10, 11, carry, the, it's the one. I wasn't carrying the one, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, that makes sense. Meaning that simple math holds up yet again, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the proof. Well, if I took a picture of it, then everyone would know how bad my, my penmanship was, and I don't want that either. Um, <laughs> so when you were diagnosed, was there like, oh, I'm definitely going to get this because all my brothers and sisters have or, or I have seven uncles that have diabetes or was it a surprise? No, complete surprise. Um, there's like at the time, I don't think there was any real autoimmune known in my family. Um, now, my grandmother, um, who passed uh, about a year ago, she had Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. Um and then also type two, which I guess isn't connected. Um, and then my cousin on that side also has lupus. Lupus, um, and my Alzheimer's, keep going. My grandfather on my dad's side has rheumatoid arthritis or had, he's also passed the past year. All right. Um, okay. Well, yeah, you were, one of you was going to get something. Lucky you, Mike. But, but I think all that happened after I got diabetes, so we didn't didn't have the warning. So all that happened in meaning that you realized it, or she developed Alzheimer's late, lupus happened since you had type 1. I mean, your grandfather's had arthritis his whole life, but they diagnosed it as RA, or what do you, what do you mean by that? Um, I just mean, like, I, I was, I had diabetes, um, first, before anyone else was diagnosed with anything. Okay. Well, then you win. So, I mean, I also, I didn't know the, the autoimmune connections until listening to your podcast. Oh, so. okay. I see. So there would be even, you might even know, my grandfather's got, like, arthritis really bad. M might be how people think of it. Yeah, and I don't know if he actually had a, a diagnosis or not. I just know that's what my parents had said, is that he had RA. Gotcha. Um, my brother might have it. He might not. He's got some joint issues that he's trying to work through right now and figure out, but the doctors keep running in circles. Yeah, that's what happens, I think, to everybody. Honestly, it's a shame. Uh, have you heard Jenny talk about how she manages it with her diet? Um, I think I remember, like, she doesn't eat, like, dairy. There's dairy. Like, affects her RA or something. Yeah, some nightshade things. And it's in her... She has an episode about how she eats, and she talks about it in there. Um, but I wish your brother luck. It's not uh, It's not fun, that's for sure. Uh, okay, but you 
just type one. And um, when you're diagnosed, how, I mean, I could figure it out, but just tell me how old you were when you were diagnosed. 12. 12. Uh, that sucks. In like sixth grade. Yeah. Um, was it a situation where the management of it was given to you or did your parents handle it? Um, it was like, they, they helped me in the beginning, figure stuff out. My mom's a, a dietitian. So, um, like she helped with, helped me with carb counts and figuring all that early on. Of course, I didn't know until listening to your podcast about, uh, fat and protein and other things that can affect it. So I was just counting the carbs, mm -hmm. but do you think it was going it was pretty much put you on me for, well, I guess I think in the beginning it was more so like someone else would figure out the dose or like my mom, um, for the first six months while I was still on injections. But then as soon as it moved over to the pump, it was just put in the carbs, press bolus, eat your food. Put in the carbs. And so there's no pre-bolusing. There was no adjust, yep. no adjusting after meals if blood sugars got higher. Or did you even test afterwards to see where they were? I, I would occasionally test after. And like if I was high, I would like I'd put the number in the pump. And if the pump said correct, I'd correct. Okay. Well, that's something. Did you hate it as a child? Did you not mind it? Do you remember? Um, I, I'm pretty good at ignoring things. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I feel like I did an okay job. Um, like my A1Cs, I was looking back through, and it's all like consistently in the sevens. Um, I think the highest was like eight point two. Um, okay. the lowest was like seven point one. So it just kind of like shifted around in there. Um, I feel like it would have been a lot lower had I been told the pre-bolus, but yeah. How did you feel growing up? Like physically, did you feel healthy? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice any problems. Um, I wasn't you know, like a super athletic kid. I was, you know, I'd play sports and stuff, but not very athletic up until like high school where I could get out of PE by joining band. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I just want to dig into that for half a second. What does it mean that you played <laughs> sports but you weren't athletic? Were you the Were you the guy that we all looked at and were like, oh, "I mean, we like Mike." Yeah, so. I was. I was the one dancing in the outfield or like spinning around in circles, and the ball would get hit and be like, "Oh, there's a ball. I should go catch that." We like Mike, so we're going to tolerate this, but he's not going to be here long term. <laughs> that was the feeling. It's a neighborhood organized sports. You can't kick a kid out. <laughs> You'd be surprised, Mike, but I hear what you're saying. <laughs> Maybe for being a, a nuisance, but not just for not being good. Can't you just make it very uncomfortable for them until they leave? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm also kind of like a, a pleaser. So it's like, you know, my parents like sports or oh. so they think baseball is important. And I did not. I, I'm kind of like I can go with the flow with mm -hmm. things a lot. Like even if I don't really enjoy something like I didn't hate going. Um. Can I, can but I ask as soon you as I had the opportunity to leave? Yeah, let me, but if I had the opportunity to leave, I was getting the hell out of there. <laughs> I, I, if I might, I know this is not really why you're here, but, uh, you and I talked before you came on, we might not actually have a reason for you to be here. So I can talk about whatever I want. Um, <laughs> can you tell me a little more about that? You understood how that baseball as example was important to your parents. They told you, or they were just big fans of it, or how did you know? Um, I don't know. Like my dad's just always big into watching sports. Um, so like, you know, he'd be excited for me to go play baseball or I don't think it was also like they would encourage, um, 
just because, you know, it's better to have your kids go around, play sports, get energy out um, rather than sitting on the couch. Yeah, or cooking meth or something. So um, <laughs> as 12-year-olds tend to do. Uh, so so you, they wanted you to be active. Did, do you think they picked baseball or do you think you did? Um, I don't really remember. It was more like, well, it started in like T-ball. So I feel it was probably just like, hey, there's a, a team. Go join that. Um, mm-hmm. Scale of one to ten, Mike, how good were you? Oh, probably. A, we'll give it a two. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. I could catch a ball and throw it, but you know. Do, do you ever remember a coach looking at you with disdain? I, I don't remember, but I'm sure even if they did, I'd, it just went right over my head. <laughs> you just wouldn't have cared. I'm, I'm really like, nope. not tr- I'm not trying to be amusing. I'm trying to like, trying to gauge whether as like a, as a young child, if you were taking yourself to this place and thinking, well, my dad likes it and I don't hate it. And I, you know, I'll do it like, and, or, and if you ever looked up and thought, oh, this person doesn't want me here. So you didn't have any of that feeling like you weren't great at it and didn't, it wasn't something you were excited to do, but, but so then my question is, what's your remembrance of it? Like, how would you characterize playing baseball? I don't know. Um, Is it a good memory? Like, I neutral. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I'm asking you, Mike. I'm asking you an uncomfortable question because I want everyone uh, who is about to force their child to play a sport that the kid doesn't want to play to hear that. In hindsight, this was. Would you call it wasted time? Could there? Would there? Was there something you could have done at that age that would have been better for you? No, I mean, in hindsight, I think it was good. Um, okay. Like I said, it kept me kept me active, kept me moving. Um, All right. Well, then they heard it from you, Mike. Force your children to play sports even if they don't want to. That's what you said, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Keep them moving. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I'm encouraged by that because I've met, I know you. You know what I mean? I don't know you. I know kids like you. And I, I sometimes wonder about that. I think, oh, there was two seasons where this kid just, I mean, obvious to, I think, everybody but their father could not have cared less about this thing, did not want to do this, and got brought there every day. And um, and it makes me happy to think that somewhere that kid has grown up and and not devastated by the experience, hopefully, using you as an example. Um, but then you said you joined the band. What Did you play an instrument? Uh, yeah, drums. Nice. Um, so, like, marching band um, counted as PE. Mm-hmm. How is that for uh, hookups, marching band? Uh, I mean, I just did freshman year of high school. Oh, and then I moved overseas. Uh, my dad's in the Air Force, so we moved around a lot. Um, and every high school, I went to three different high schools, and each one got smaller and smaller, and the bands got worse and worse. <laughs> and then you stopped like, playing, first or you one, kept going? I, I kept playing. Um, I really didn't like the last, my senior year. Cause it was like a super small school. It was like 200, 300 kids maybe. Hmm. Um, and the band teachers spent most of the time talking about like Broadway or something nobody cared about. <laughs> and I was the only percussionist. So there'd be like, here's seven different instruments that are supposed to be played. And I'd be like, how many can I play at the same time? <laughs> you kids don't know this, but I was the dog in a production of my fair lady in high school. And, <laughs> by the way, is there a dog in my fair lady? I don't even, I don't think I've seen that. I don't know either. I just made that up. 
I feel. Let's all just roll with it. Pretend <laughs> there is now. They're damn right is. Everybody who's listening is like, it's fine with me. There was a chihuahua running around the whole time. Um, <laughs> it, well, that's interesting. I mean, it's interesting that that it's and it sucks a little bit that you found a thing that you liked and then because of moving around, it dwindled on you. So you're not a drummer anymore. No, I still drum. Oh, nice. Um, but like uh, drum set, like in bands and stuff. Oh, that's excellent. You do play. You play in bands. How does that? Um, not is, at the moment. Like, right. At the moment, I'm in between bands, but COVID kind of ended things, like made things a little more difficult for a while, and that band ended. But yeah, well, looking I'm, for a new one. Nice. Uh, did you go off to college then after that? Yeah, yeah, I went to college straight out of high school, um, and they were still in Germany. So, and then I went in Florida to to college. Did you feel any pull towards the Air Force or pressure? Well, I was diabetes, so I can't. Oh, yeah, you got out of it. Join the Air Force anyway. <laughs> Sorry. How about your brother? Is he in? No, he he considered it for a bit, but ended up not. Do you think your dad was more disappointed that you guys didn't go in the Air Force or that you couldn't play baseball? <laughs> I, I think he's pretty happy with us, no matter what. That's a very healthy answer, Mike. Good for you. I would have chosen if you <laughs> if you gave me if somebody threw a a bullshit, which is what I just did, choice at me, I would have chosen. I would have been like, oh, no. I would have thought about it for a second and picked one. I, that's a very healthy thing. A, you just wait, did. which was A? <laughs> C, <laughs> all the above. That's a very healthy choice. That was excellent. I'm, 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 I'm so thrilled that that's how you answered. Uh, okay, great. What did you go to college for? Uh, I started electrical engineering, and then the first semester I changed to computer science. And are you able to employ that education in the in the adult world? Um, I worked at a, a place developing or like taking other iPhone apps and like keep updating them or um, for about a year, two years, maybe after college. And then I switched to another job where I print and scan stuff for lawyers. You enjoy that? So or there's a lot of is it, eh, your life? It, it pays the bills and it's it's something different every day, like. I've been there like six, seven years, and there's always something like new that'll come in. I'm like, all right, I don't know how to do this. Um, let me figure out a way to do it easier or problem better quality. Solving. Or yeah, problem solving. So there, it's not it's not just repetitive. It's it's something you can actually employ your brain with. Yeah, it's yeah. like a mix between repetitive and not. Because some days you'll go in and you're literally just feeding paper into a scanner for like the entire day. Oh my god. Um, but- but then the next day it'll be something completely different. So, so here's my next, my next false choice for you: the job <laughs> or or having to play baseball again on the schedule of a child. Which would you prefer right now? Let's. Pretend. Oh, I'd much rather be at this job than play baseball. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, you manage your diabetes. It sounds like pretty much on your own. Were you doing that MDI with a pump? Um, NPH for the first six months. And then as soon as we could get to a pump, we got a pump. Okay. Uh, do you have a CGM now present day? Uh, yeah, I do now. Um, I think I started maybe senior year of high school, maybe freshman year of college. I can't remember when I first got the CGM, but, um, I was Medtronic up until a year and a half ago. Uh, so it was basically, I treated it more like a don't die alarm. Mm-hmm. Like if it beeps, look at it. Um, if it's super high, then start adding corrections. Because I think you know, my it probably didn't beep until two hundred. How would you describe um, your your management in that time? 
I'm your management style. Like, were you um, on top of it? You know, were you a person who was like, I'm not, you know, 200 is my number. You can't go over 200. When it got to 200, were you worried? Or did you feel like um, an intensity about how to handle it? Or did you just was it just part of the day and you just did what you did and didn't think about it? Yeah, it's kind of just like in the background. Um, I tried not to focus on it too much. But like, you know, if I saw something was wrong, if it beeps at me and says I'm high, then I'm going to bolus. But then I probably won't look at it for another couple hours or mm-hmm. until it beeps again. I see. Um, um, and I'm pretty good about um, changing settings and stuff. Like if I'm, I notice that I'm consistently going high after dinner, I'd change my ratio, um, change basils and stuff. So, but a lot of the times that wouldn't be until like, you know, every three months you'd have your endo appointment. And then I'd look all over the stuff, like right before the appointment, I'd wait that three months and then I'd change it all and then go in and they'd be like, uh, yeah, that sounds good. You can change it to that. Or you could move this a little bit. Not incredibly, um, helpful at the endo's office. Um, yeah, no, I mean like a little bit, but I never really found too much use out of endo appointments. Yeah. Like now I go about once a year, a little more frequently, like nine months. Getting your scripts. Yeah, basically. Doing your thing. When do you find the podcast? Um, well, I just looked in the in the app not too long ago when you did that Spotify end of the year thing. Yeah. Because um, I listened on Apple Podcasts, and it said I listened to the first one in uh, January 18th of this year. Oh, so you've uh, just a year for the podcast for you. Yeah. Interesting. I, I swear I heard uh, the, the fat and protein episode um, in December, like a couple, like a month before that. Mm-hmm. But maybe I listen to it like on the website instead of podcast in the app, right? So you, yeah. um, so you t- I mean, two thousand three, two thousand twenty two. So for a long time, you lived the way you lived, and yep. did, did finding the podcast change? I mean, if it changed anything for you, what were the things that you adjusted? Um, well, I found um, thinking like a pancreas first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so like, I, I learned like, you know, pre-bolus and a lot of good stuff from there. Um, and then listening to the podcast just reinforces it a lot, um, as well as add a lot more stuff like the crush it and catch it while I've, you know, kind of done that before. I didn't really think about it as much, you know, it's just like more of the rage bolus and then you go low. So then you feed trigger. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like, okay, I know I can just give a massive dose and then like, I also loop now so I can look at like, right now I need to put in the carbs now and, and then, then it'll even out before I get low and let the loop jump in. How long have you been looping? Uh, since about almost two years now, two years, which is when everything, or actually I guess the first big switch was getting a Dexcom. Right. Um, like and- I was, I remember watching, seeing commercials for it on TV, like commercials kept coming up and then it, it kept telling me like, you don't need a finger prick. And I'd be like, ball crap. I know you need a finger prick because I have to for my Medtronic. Like, you still got to do it once a day. Like, it's better than having to do it as much. But, um, and I just kept, you know, ignoring the commercial because I kept thinking that, like, they aren't quite right. Then I finally looked into it, um, working from home from COVID. So a lot more time on my hands. Mm -hmm. Uh, I looked it up and I was like, oh, you actually don't need to calibrate this thing. Um, 
So then I got that. And then I was, I was also hesitant to get it because I wanted, um, I like, like I've always been trying to get the next best thing, but it's always a Medtronic up until recently. Is that just um, what your doctor's office gave you? No, it's, I mean, that's what it's, well, no, it started out. I remember, I think my mom picked the, like she went to a thing and they had the Animus ping or the, whatever the Animus one was and mm-hmm. Medtronic. And like, she thought the, the only perk of the animus that she saw was like it said pizza in it and then the medtronic said square wave or dual wave right um and she was like well he can figure it out either way and the the reps seemed to like medtronic better yeah so i got with that stuck with that a while and actually the the last medtronic i got the dreaded 670 um my endo tried to convince me not to get it um but I was like, no, this is this is the new best thing. This is going to be auto mode. This is going to figure everything out. It's going to be easy sailing. And I was very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to dig into a couple of things here. I have notes. Uh, my first thing is I want I want to say I know a lot of people because of what I do that you know work behind the scenes at companies like you know Dexcom and and places like that. And a lot of those people who make those television ads and whose job it is to try to reach people and and send the message to them that they might want to check more of it out. And I think any of them that heard what you said a second ago are still banging their head against the desk. (laughs) They're working so hard. They're like, hey, listen, just come check this thing out. Here's what it does. And you're at home going, no, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Liars. (laughs) Exactly what I said. These These people, Mike, aren't killing themselves (laughs) trying to make people just learn about a thing so they can decide if they want to do it and i guarantee your answer just it ruined their whole day they're just like i why am i trying why do i I give up i actually you might have seen this online um but i just put out an episode the other day with jake leach and this is going to be six months later after people when people hear this but um dexcom g7 got fda approval and I hustled my little butt around getting Jake on to talk about G7 and go over all the questions that I had, you know, people gave me through the Facebook page. I had a couple questions of my own. I put together this really tight 30 minutes with just rapid fire, great questions. His answers are super clear and you know valuable and will help you make decisions about what you want to do or what you don't want to do. And then the next part is I put it online and then I have to support it through social media. My job is repetitive too. So I, you know, put a post on Facebook, I put a post on Instagram, put a post here. And then I, and then I involve myself in conversations with people and try to answer questions and point them in the direction of the things they want. It's a bit of a, it's, it takes a lot of time. And in the end, what I want is for people to listen. I made a thing. I think it's helpful for you. If you think it's helpful, I'd like you to listen to it. The other side of it, the businessy side of it is I need people to listen to the podcast so that they hear the ad so that maybe they click on a link so that somebody will buy another ad again the following year so that I can continue to make the podcast. It's a circle of life kind of thing. If people don't click on the ads, I lose the advertisers. If I lose the advertisers, I have to go get a different job. You understand. And so so every time this happens, and I never say, like, I never speak out loud about it. It goes on for years. You put up a link. And inevitably, if three or four people come into some sort of a commenting thread and say, I don't have time to listen to this. Just tell me, does it do this? And when I see, you know, or does it do that? And I see that 
it crushes my soul. <laughs> so, like, you don't know. Just give me the spark notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to listen to your little podcast thing. Just don't, <laughs> don't only just give me the answer, but put it here so everyone can see it, so no one has to listen to the podcast. And <laughs> and what you don't realize about that is that I spent my entire day on Friday getting that out to you in a timely fashion. I did not eat dinner with my family because of that. Yeah, because you posted those questions and it was up like the next day. I, I hustle, think. Mike. You understand? I grew up working at a sheet metal shop. I take that attitude. I apply it to podcasting. So I'm I'm a hardworking like person. And then it just, I don't know, I put up this, what I thought was a funny post about like, are you people, I put it up as a poll. Are you people trying to kill me? <laughs> Oh, I am not trying to kill you. I, I Thank you, Mike. accidentally voted for yes because I wanted to see who voted for yes. And I was like, oh, wait, no. <laughs> well, overwhelmingly, I think it was like 500 votes to people who are not trying to kill me. But um, not the point. All it takes is one yes, though. <laughs> one successful yes will do it. You mean to get me dead or just to make me feel yeah. badly about it? <laughs> I don't because I don't feel badly about it. That you should know. I, I it's to me, it's like all well, you shouldn't. It's all in fun, you, you know. And um, but I did. It is an exa- It is an, an opportunity to to let people understand kind of the back end of this thing, which is, you know, if you like the podcast, I'm happy you like it. I want you to like it. I am trying to help people. If you heard me speak privately, you know, this is the time of year where. I mean, this is the time of the year where I'm renegotiating with all of the advertisers. And in inevitably, in every meeting, I say every year, I can't believe how lucky I am. I do this thing that I really enjoy and love. It actually helps people and it pays my bill. You know, like I have bills that get paid because of that. I can like send my kids to, you know, the grocery store. And I feel very lucky about that. And then somebody comes along, a person who, you know, has been around for a really long time. It was like, and it was like, this is all about money to you. And I was like, what in the hell are you talking about? Like, if this was all about money to me, I would have put this ad, I would have put this, this uh, episode together slowly over days and given it to you sometime next week, which by the way, is what everyone else will do. They don't, they're not in a Re- rush to and get- released it on Patreon or something. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, put it here and there and then, and it, or charge you to do it or do what some shows do, which is give you like, 10% of the information and then push you towards a coaching service or something. And I was like, that's so not me. I'm so transparent. And um, anyway, I just, I don't know. It's, it's not easy to do the, the marketing of your content. It's not as easy as it might look from the consumer side. We're like, oh, I, I, you know, I, I, there's this guy on YouTube I really love. He talks about cars that I drive and he puts up a, an, a, an episode every week and it's well produced and you just kind of take it for granted. But that person's probably spending, I mean, I spend 70 hours a week making this podcast. And then, you know, and then people are like, stop pushing your links. And I, I, I was like, look, if you don't click on these links, Mike, there ain't no podcast. <laughs> like, like, I don't, do you not understand how the world works? Like, I can't just, I got a family, you know what I mean? So anyway, I don't know, Mike. I, I was trying See, to... Ex- I think I think Dexcom should uh, start putting you in their commercials. Be like, this is our product, but if you want to know how to really use it, check out the Juicebox podcast. Well, I'll tell you, Omnipod... And then that. you could get uh, put out to whoever watches TV. Well, Omnipod made the three um, Omnipod 5 episodes with me this year. That was yeah, a, a really, yeah, those are good. Yeah, it was a, a, a lovely like partnership there between those. I think... If I'm being honest, 
I stay on the periphery of that space. Like, you know, um, companies don't put my face on things, but it makes sense to me because I don't, I don't have diabetes. Like, do you, can't you imagine the backlash they would get if they were like, Hey, this guy, follow him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, does that bother you at all that I don't have type one? No, not at all, because of all the content that I get out of it. Like, I don't really care who's telling me as long as it's good information. I mean, that's makes that makes sense to me, but I I don't know where people's sensitivities lie, you know. Um, and I, overall, it hasn't been a problem for me. I just imagine, it's my imagination that people sit in a room in a meeting and they go, who do we want to put on this? And somebody goes, that podcast is very popular. And then someone else says, he does not have diabetes. And I bet you that puts a stop to it every time. You know what I mean? I feel like it's it's almost even better that it's that you're the caregiver rather than the the diabetic because I feel like a lot of the times or it seems like you know some parents are like super into taking care of their children like you so it's like focus on every detail make sure everything's right figure this out um, because you're caring about another person whereas like for like in my case for myself um, up until like two years ago it was just kind of like well just try something if it works it doesn't um just try something else um in in that vein like it's not as fine-tuned yeah yeah in that vein of thinking what is well what was i guess like go back a couple of years when you think about managing your health around diabetes specifically what's the goal is it a daily goal Uh, a yearly goal a lifetime goal I mean, like, ultimately, the goal is just to live without complications as long as you can, or to to minimize the complications. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but then, you know, there's there's so many different data points now, um, especially now that I have all these different apps and Dexcom, and so like now I like every day there's a goal to hit um, for like your time and range, or and then you can shift that into different ranges. Be like. You know, your 70 to 140 range should be some number and your 70 to 180 number should be at a different percentage. Um, then there's A1C, there's standard deviation. Um, there's a lot of goals now. Do you, yeah, well, there is. Do you think of your diabetes as a in the moment thing? Is it a big picture thing? Is it a blend I mean, I think it's got to be a blend because, you know, your sugar affects you now, but it also affects you later. Well, yeah, it definitely has to be. But how do you think of it? Like, like overwhelmingly, what is most of your time spent doing? Like, don't get low right now. Don't get high right now. Um, I want the week to be good. I want the day to be, you know, in range or like, you know, I'm trying to figure out how it's probably more immediate. Um, like what's going on right now or like what's going, what's about to happen or what just happened, like the next hour, the past hour and now, um, cause you can't really change stuff for next week. I mean, I guess you could like basils and stuff like overall, but yeah, I, I, you know what I mean though? Like, so is that you brought up that I'm, you know, the parent of someone with type one and my, my role changes drastically as she gets older. Right. Um, but my vision of it, my perspective on the issue is completely different than hers because I hold all the perspectives at the same time. I want her blood sugar to be stable and steady and low now. 
and I'm worried about her future, it, um, both in the short term and the long term. I'm worried about how she'll deal with this while she's in college. Will she keep focusing on it? Will she not? Will she give it away at times to do other things, which I expect? Will that translate into her, her young adult life um, as I got away with it in college, so I'm not going to put too much effort to it now? Does that go into her late 20s? Does she start having problems when she's 30? Like, when I when I think about Arden's health, I think of it the same way I think of my son going to college and meeting people and maybe having a relationship and looking for a job. Like, I see the whole, like, Mike, you don't, do you have kids? No. No. You worry about the entirety of everything when you have children. I don't think of it as worry for me. I think of it as concern. It's considering. Yeah, I'm always considering the whole thing. But I don't think that as an adult living with type 1, that that's the same for everybody. I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people, and I think overwhelmingly that's not how people think of it. I think it would be too much to think of it that way. I could see why you wouldn't, but I also think that a certain amount of that is what leads to these outcomes that you want. So it's just interesting for me to hear from an adult about how they like conceive day to day of diabetes. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and like I said, for the, uh, like the consideration also changed a lot once once I got Dexcom because then it's on the phone. Because like even when it's on the pump, like I'm not looking at the pump a lot. Um, like I said, whenever it would beep, I'd look at it. But now that it's on my phone, it's on my watch. Um, like I can see it a lot more often. So it's a lot more. There's a lot more management or like things to do. Um, not yeah, sure what I'm trying to say here. But that and that stuff helps. And that that that's what I want to know. Like. Being able to see it more readily on your watch, for example, not having to dig into even an app or do a blood sugar test or pull out a meter or something like that. Having it there helps. Having goals helps. Having an app that says, hey, you're in, you know, we're, our time and range is, you know, 60% and it's uh, 40% here and we're low 5% of the time or whatever the numbers are. Like it gives you something that you can kind of quickly focus on, but then do you adjust after that? Like when you see it, if the number's not where you want, do you consciously think, oh, I've been high too much this week? That's probably because I ate out a number of times and didn't have a lot of success bolusing for my meals. Or like, do you give it that much thought or do you just think, oh, I've been high a lot. I don't want to be high as much. Yeah, now I do. Um, so now like about once a week, I'll look back at um, in Night Scout, like I'll look for like the daily reports and kind of see what the trends have been. Um, like if I'm more consistently higher or lower in a certain time frame, then I'll adjust either basal or uh, carb ratios or ISF. I'm excited for. But then I'm also like tweaking those in the moment too. Um, yeah. Like when something just goes the way you don't expect it to, you you're in the moment helping it. And then big picture, you're looking at it as well. Cause I'm a, I'm a pretty competitive person too. So like having, like having all these stats too, like when I zoom out, I look at my management now and I'm like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm like, you know, 91% between 70 and 180, 75% between one and 130 or uh, 70 and 130. Um, 
But then when I zoom in in like the day to day, I feel like I'm always I'm like, oh, I'm high again. I'm messing up. Uh, fix it. I'm low again. Messing up. Fix it. Uh, but like when I zoom out, then I'm like, oh, OK, overall, it's it's going well. Yeah, it's why I think of it the way I do, because you're 100 percent right. If you look at any 24 hour graph. Most of the time, you're going to be like, wow, what happened there? You know, and then you look back over a month, and you go, oh, the month was good. So if that day yeah. existed within that month, you think, all right, well, the month was good, but there's things happening during the day that I'd like to have a better handle on. And which one, I think the problem is that the people can just then go, well, the 30 day was good. I won't worry about a spike to 240 that lasted five hours. And so that's why I think like thinking about it super simply it, it works best for me. I, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm still in the middle of trying to get Arden to think the same way I think about it. Or if I can't, I'm going to have to find a way to take the way she thinks and apply it to diabetes and adjust it. Or she's going to have to find that maybe more specifically, right? Um, because for me, yeah, I mean, you've heard me talk about it a million times. Like just, you know, one of the big people are like, what are the rules of diabetes as far as you're concerned? And it's pre-bolus, don't let a spike happen. Understand the impacts of your food. But then right after that, when I say like, stay flexible, I think what I mean by that sometimes is like, you know, kind of go with it just, okay, this happened. Let me keep working. But it, half of that is don't stare at high blood sugars. Like that's the the biggest thing. Like I watched Arden try to do something yesterday and she's home from school for the holidays. And I kept, she's like, I have this, like, let me do it. And I'm like, that's fine. So I let her do it. But four hours into it, I'm like, I could have fixed this two hours ago. You know what I mean? Like, and I see what she's doing, but it's as she's doing it, I'm like, that ain't going to work. And so I kind of find a time to walk into her room and I was like, hey, listen, you know, I've seen what you've been trying to do and I understand why you did it that way. I'm like, but that's not going to work. You're going to have to do this. And she loops. And I said, you got to open the loop. You got to make an aggressive bolus. And then we got to close the loop again to stop the low. Right. So she does that she actually bolused more insulin than I would have done. She created a fall inside of 30 minutes and I kept an eye on it. It was later at night and she was up and I sent her a text and I said, instead of saying like, close the loop, I said, what do you think? Does it look like it's time and let her decide. And then she closed the loop up the loop, the algorithm kicked back in, shut off the basil, caught the blood sugar. And she was like, I mean, I can look. But she was super stable overnight. Um, yeah, so the drop happened. It fixed itself around 2.30. And she's been like 90 for the last uh, 10, eh, the last eight hours. Um, anyway, it's uh, everybody's got to find their motivation and their style. And, you know, and then just. I think then the hardest, it's all that sounds hard, but then the hardest part is after you figure all that out, it's applying it over and over again without getting just burned out by the whole thing. Oddly, it's like your job. (laughs) It really is, right? You just keep feeding those papers and that scanner. Like, all right, I don't want to do this today, but this is the job. And then you do it. And then you look for ways to be engaged by it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, if we could pay everybody for diabetes, it would probably make them more engaged. Do you think? Just get a nice. <laughs> there you go. I can get behind that. Get a nice hourly salary for taking care of yourself. 
<laughs> it's a 24-7, 365 job. So. Mike, do you think that would work? Think, uh, think about that. Probably for a not. Well, no, I mean, even when I was a kid, like I remember my mom um, giving me like a list of like a, it was like a packet of meals that I had to go through and like calculate the carb counts of everything. And I think it was like, I don't know if it actually was, but I think she told me it was like something for her work. And she was like, oh, I'll pay you to do it. And I feel like the real mastermind plan behind it was like, if I could just, you know, pay him to learn more about carb counting, but the money wasn't worth it or not, not worth it. But Mike, was the juice not worth the squeeze? Yeah, there's the idiom. I love that one. That's one of my favorite ones. Why do I love that one? Because it was taught to me by Charles, this big, um, very Italian man that um, that whose son played baseball with my son when they were in high school. Not for their high school, but for their travel team. And we spent a number of years together um, standing in the outfield watching our kids play baseball. And he would say stuff like that all the time. He's from 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 the city, from one of the boroughs, and he'd be like, pal, let me tell you, the juice ain't worth the squeeze. <laughs> and I, it's not <laughs> what he sounds like, but I'm just approximating it for you. And it's uh, just delightful. This is a wonderful guy. Um, I'm going to tell a story here that is because you're on and because of what you said earlier. I've never been mean to a child on purpose, Mike. <laughs> Are you in the Orlando area and looking to meet a ton of people living with type 1 diabetes? Touched by type1.org. Why am I sending you to that website? Because when you get there, you're going to go to programs. Then you're going to click on annual conference. Then you're going to see that on September 16th, 2023, Touched by Type 1's annual conference is happening in Orlando. And yours truly will be speaking at it. I'm doing a big talk in the main room. I'll be talking to the kids. And doing a lot all day with everyone who comes. I hope to see you there. Head over now, find out all the details, and if you have a company you'd like to sponsor the event, they're still taking sponsorship. What a great way to support a wonderful organization and a fantastic day. Now, otherwise, just check it all out, get ready to come. I believe registration opens on August 1st. Don't hold me to that, but head over to the, but head over to the link to find out for sure. And you can check out what else they're doing at Touched by Type 1 while you're there. Their awareness campaign, casino night, a dance program, that Dancing for Diabetes show is beautiful. They have a golf outing, this D-Box they send out to newly diagnosed people. They really are doing wonderful work at touchedbytype1.org. I have just surfed over to CozyEarth.com to see what's going on. As soon as I get to the main page, I see that Cozy Earth has been on Oprah's favorite things list for five straight years. If you love Oprah, rush over and get something. If you don't like her, don't hold that against anybody. The stuff's amazing. I see here the bamboo jogger pants were on Oprah's list in 2020. I'm about to go slide mine on in just a second. The lounge socks, the waffle towels were on the list in 2022. I just dried my bottom with those waffle towels about three hours ago, friends. And my bottom is happy. I got a happy bottom. You want a happy bottom? CozyEarth.com. You want a happy wallet? Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 35%, a mind-blowing 35% off of your entire order. If you spend a dollar, 
you will save 35 cents. $2, right? You, you're following this? Then it's like 70 cents and so on and so forth. $100, $35. You know how math works. CozyEarth.com. Head over there now. Don't forget the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. It lets them know that you came from the podcast and it lets you keep money. When you're buying sheets, towels, women's, oh, goodness gracious. They got everything from like scrunchies to robes, loungewear, tops, pajamas. Make your ladies happy, my friends. And if your men are always wearing janky clothes and you think they look garbagey, get them some great comfy stuff that they'll love at Cozy Earth. You can do it. Travel sets, bamboo hoodies, uh, the viscous bamboo hoodie. Uh, you don't even know. You don't even know. I'm going to go put mine on right now. I am going to look. I'm going to look good. My, um, my drip will be right when I go to the movie today. I don't know if I used that word correctly. Anyway, you're probably old too. You don't know either. CozyEarth.com. Use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout. Links to Cozy Earth, Touch by Type 1, and all of the sponsors are in the show notes of the podcast player or audio app you're listening in right now. Those links also exist at JuiceBoxPodcast.com. I share that with you because when you click on those links, you are supporting the production of this podcast. You are keeping it free and you're keeping the heat on in my house. So I really appreciate that. Let's get back to Mike. Lots more loopy talk to go. Loopy, loopy, loop. I've never been mean to a child on purpose, Mike. Except for once. It's a good start. Okay. Um, and 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 I want to be clear, this was never to the kid's face, and the kid never knew about this. Never. But my son played baseball with a kid, and again, I've never met a kid that I like I it's hard to dislike a child. Do you know what I mean? Like it's just <laughs> it's just it is. And and um probably started knowing this kid at the end of middle school. So I don't know how old they are there, like ninth grade, eighth, ninth grade right there. And all through high school, right into going into college and actually still was uh, uh, tangentially aware of them in college. Um, and the, and the, the kindest thing I can say about this person was that he was a dick. <laughs> he just, someone told this kid, I assume hourly, how wonderful he was. And how everyone else around him was subpar compared to him. Either that or he had a, a significant mental issue. I, I don't know. But this person believed in themselves in a way that was um, uh, unwarranted and, uh, and 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 cruel. To the point where my, my son said one day, the kid hit a ball and uh, got thrown out trying to stretch a single into a double, which he would frequently do get thrown out trying to make a double into a triple, a single to a double. The game is just always cocky. And anyway, the kid gets thrown out doing this, comes into the dugout. Everyone's pretty quiet because, I mean, it was an obvious situation where this was just a single. Like, you would never go to second on this. And he comes in, and he takes off his gloves and his, puts them in his helmet, slams his helmet down, turns to everyone in the dugout and goes, I'm better than all of you, and then just <laughs> walks away. And that is but one small example of the dickishness of this person. This happened constantly. I once saw him hit a, a legitimate double, 
He's running to third, even though the third base coach just has his hands up going, stop, go back. Like, this is not a triple. You And boom, gets, you know, gets thrown out at third. I swear to you, after the fourth time that happened this summer, the kid slides into third, gets tug out. He stands up and the coach goes, what are you doing? And the kid goes, fuck you. <laughs> like, like, this was the kid, right? So um, one year the kid decides that he's so good he's going to go to this out-of-state camp where he's obviously going to get drafted from because this is how he feels, which, by the way, was never going to happen. Um, but he goes to this thing. It's one of these things you pay money to go to. It's not a special thing. It's if your mommy and daddy have money, then you can do it. And he went and did it. And he came back with batting gloves that had the American flag on it. And that is when myself and the other parents started referring to him as Captain America. (laughs) (laughs) And then Superman. And then one night on a Friday night when we got stuck with the last game of the day and it's 11 o'clock and the kids are still playing and we have to be back again at like seven o'clock in the morning. He comes to the plate. And one of the guys pulls out their cell phone and plays the orchestral music from the first Superman movie. (laughs) And like, no one knows but us. It's just, we're we're literally, we're out in right field. There's no one within a hundred yards of us. We're just hiding watching this game. And we just start snickering like little girls. (laughs) And then it became a habit where we would find big, important music to play as this kid walked to the plate. And then, like children, we would laugh. And I believe that the um, the uh, the Olympic music, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat, was the funniest one for some reason. And you just have to imagine this kid's just... You, you, have to, you don't know him, and I can't, but he would stand up so straight, like too straight. And he walked with his chest out. Like, like did he just... Anyway... He was just a dick. He was a he was a child that was a dick. And I always thought, like, oh, I hope this, like, no, no, I hope he goes to college and, you know, um, maybe finds himself or relaxes a little bit. But no lie, in my son's senior year of college, they ended up playing him. Same attitude, same person, just kept going. And I was like, wow, that's who he is. It's fascinating. He's a dick. <laughs> so <laughs> um I, I I don't know. I just at some point that had to be put on the record somewhere. So here it is. I just, <laughs> one kid in the, the, I've never met another kid I didn't like. And it's not even that you don't like him. You just, you can't root for him. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but um, he's like his worst, his own worst enemy or something. Um, anyways, the opposite of you, you seem delightful. Um, all right. So. Hey, I, I got a delightful. Yeah, well, you are delightful. I want to dig a little <laughs> bit into the Medtronic thing. So you said you got 670G, right? The automated version you're using, their thing. Um, It didn't go the way you expected. Why is that? Um, I'm not a very consistent person. Um, So having it like an automated black box, change all your settings and do everything. Like if I'm active one week, going to the gym, bike ride, and then the next week I'm sitting on the couch, like the algorithm doesn't know how to handle that. Or like, one day I'll have 300 carbs. The next day I'll have 30 carbs. Um, so like if your basil's more like not where it actually should be, but 
Because, like, you can't actually set the basil on that one. Like, it takes care of it itself. Mm -hmm. So if you're eating more fatty foods and not putting the fat in to the carb bolus, then it's thinking that you're going to need more basil. Um, and then the next week when you're not eating as fatty foods, then you have too much basil. Okay. Um, and the, the scents are also just, I don't know if it was, it might have been a problem of me not calibrating it correctly, like not calibrating it at a flat line, but also it's hard to have a flat line a lot of the times. So like it's always going up and down. Um, but with that one, you have to calibrate it then. It's not like you can wait until you get a certain line. Mm -hmm. It yells at you at three in the morning. And unless you just turn it off. I have to say that anything that is um, set up to wake me up at three o'clock in the morning to do something doesn't seem well thought out. <laughs> well, I mean, just because like yeah. it has an error or something. Right, right, right. Or, you know, it's got to be like every nine hours. And like if I don't time it right, or I think it was like every 12 hours. It claimed it was every 12 or 24 hours, but it was always way more than that. Like, it would say, you have 12 hours until your next calibration, and then, like, six hours later, it'd be like, meh, you need to calibrate. Um, do you do you find the experience with Dexcom to be better or different? or what? Oh, what? Insanely better. Okay. But it's also, because um, like, I, I started with, like, Dexcom, as soon as I got that, I was like, because I was a little hesitant getting it, because it didn't work with my pump. Um, and even before the 670, they had the... I forget what they call it, but like it stops your basal if you go if it thinks you're going to go low. Mm -hmm. um, and I liked having that safety feature in it. Of course, when the 670 like does calibration errors or overnight or like it'll just turn a you know, it'll kick you out of auto mode and it won't turn on that safeguard to stop your basal. Yeah. So you think you have is, this safeguard? I don't understand that. You have the safeguard in your mind. Like I'm sleeping. At least it'll. Like sort of like control IQ had basal IQ first, where they yeah. it was just its goal was really just not to let you get too low, um, and then but um, but the problem is the Medtronic would kick you out of automation if it didn't like where it was, and then this protection you thought you had didn't exist. Yeah, but so I was you know hesitant going over to Dexcom because like I wanted it to talk to my pump to prevent me from getting low, um, and I realized you know Dexcom can't do that. But then I started looking at I was like, all right, well how do I at least see the graphs of everything like side by side. Mm -hmm. um, so that's when I found tide pool and then from tide pool, I found loop um, and loop. It's like, you know what you tell it to do. It does. It shows you everything that it's thinking. It's, it shows you like, this is what, this is how we think your blood sugar is going to go in the next six hours. Yeah. You know, um, I, the way you're talking, and you can fine tune everything. The way you're talking makes me think, to say something I've never said before, which is loop feels like automation that you're a partner in. If you, yeah. if you want to be, I mean, you can set it and leave it if you want, but if you want to be a partner in it, you absolutely can be. And you can also go back and like, look to see kind of why it made a decision. It made a decision. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just this little black, black box. Like you can't even, I don't think you could even see like what the basils were. Okay, yeah, and Omnipod 5 does, uh, it's a similar idea where they want it to be very automated and kind of happening in the background. I think it works for who it works for, you know what I mean? And Yeah, I and, think uh, if you're a consistent person, then it probably works great, yeah. but if you're not... I also have to hope, I don't know, I mean, I'm not a computer engineer for certain, uh, or software engineer, but I have to imagine that these are really the first generations of these things. And it does make me wonder what it'll look like in five more years. 
you know, like, yeah. will it be able to, <clears throat> excuse me, like, will it be able to sense something and just ask you on the screen, like, are you inactive today? Yes or no? Like something simple like that. Um, you know, yeah. I'm noticing, like, like, you would think the algorithm could see that you need more or less. And, well, and, and I like how, uh, like, I haven't used um, Android APS, but right. on there, like, it'll tell you, like, if you're more sensitive or less sensitive um, than you are previously. So then you can look at it and be like, oh, okay, I need to increase things or decrease things. And it'll do some of that automatically, I think. Yeah. I mean, that's um, that's the stuff I'm talking about. Like, I mean, they, they have to keep but, going. But, you know, the FDA gets involved then and then pushes, like, anything they wanted to do. Like, you know, Tidepool is coming out with their uh, their version for... I'm assuming it's still going to go on Elmipod, um, if that ever happens. But like, I think the I think the app that they're trying to push through the FDA is like what Loop looked like four years ago. Mm-hmm. Like they can't put like I'm using Loop Dev now, and like they can't put remote control in, or a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, like Autobolus, and like they got to taper it down enough to get it through the FDA, and then it just. You know, the whole hashtag we are not waiting movement. Um started to wait when it got to the FDA. <laughs> <laughs> we're not waiting. Tide pools like we're gonna take this in, we're gonna get it through even when they said it, I was like, How's that gonna work? Okay. Um and I thought, but good, go do it, you know. But now, like you said, it's been years, right? And it it's not here yet. And I'm Arden's not using the same version of loop as she was back when they made that. So they have to take some version of the app and say, this is what we're going to send to the FDA to, for them to judge. Um, you can't keep adjusting what the algorithm does while you're in that process. Once you're in that process, yeah. that's that. Um, what, what version of Loop yeah, like They already have, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Um, I was just saying, like, because, like, you know, Dexcom G7, like, it's going to be from your episode, you, I think you said, like, mid 2023 like mid next year for tandem and like a little later for omnipod whereas it already works with loop does it G7. really seven i didn't even know yeah. that yeah um well yeah like that's... it's got to be looped of at like one of the the more recent ones um and i think you have to go in and do a little more tweaking but but you can get it to work yeah and and more quickly than you imagine it will just one day they'll put out a version and they'll just they'll be like here are you using the g6 or the g7 and you just tell it and that's it and then it works um well that's the idea of i mean that's what happens when you put software engineers onto something and they have to make sure it works but they don't have to send it out to somebody else to say yeah you're right that works um so what what version are you using right now of loop um i'm using loop dev but the one in the build the fixed Fix dev build script, I think okay. it's called. Is it? Um, um, so like. Good. Uh, so loop three. Um, and then I'm also using John Fawcett's patches. Why did you choose those? Um, just because I like a lot of the, the features they have in them. Like it'll switch between like depending on what blood trigger your ba- or what your blood trigger is. Like if you're if you set it to 110. You can have it anything under 110, it'll just do auto bolt or auto basal. Anything over 110, it'll switch to auto bolus mode. That way, it'll kind of be a little less aggressive when you're at a lower and you don't have as much time to catch like too much insulin. Oh, I love that. 
Um, there's also a basal lock feature, so you can have it. So like if you hit whatever you set, so if you set it to like 220, that means it won't cut your basal off if it's above that number. Mm. It'll just keep it on. And like once you're under that number, then it'll cut it off. You know, I feel um, like I just got an email from him the other day. His kid's using Omnipod 5 now. Yeah, doing really well on it. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. This is the that I'm aware of. I'm sure it's happened more than this, but that I'm aware of like a handful of times where somebody has been very involved in the looping community and really helping with it, you know, and then uh, control IQ comes out. And one of the people's like, hey, listen, I'm putting my kid on control IQ. And then that and then that's it. That person like kind of disappears out of the community. And then I mean, I just set John up to be on the show, I think. So nice. to come on and talk about it. But, but, but what you just said is amazing. Like switching between auto bolus and, and like basiling instead, depending on the, the, the blood sugar is kind of genius because like one of the problems we have, what in the hell, excuse me, Mike, this is inconscionable. Why would that happen? Dang nabbit. I've owned this phone a long time and I don't know how to use it. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the problems Arden's had, you know, it happens a handful of times a year is you can get into this situation where you're fighting a low and you got it. And then it starts to come up, but it's been one of those days where you've just been low. You know what I mean? Like you just don't need as much as you usually need. You finally get the the blood sugar to like kind of stabilize and it rises up a little bit and hits. I think Arden's thresholds are like 90 or 95 on loop. And then you get to 95 and it sees a rise and then it boluses in auto bolus. And you're like, no, like, don't do that. Not now, not today. <laughs> like, like With with the patch too, there's another feature that helps out with that a lot called negative IOB factor. Mm-hmm. And you can go into the settings and tell it to only count like whatever percentage of negative IOB that you want. So like if you stop your basal, like if your basal's two units an hour and you stop it for a half hour, your IOB is a little less than negative one, like at the end of that temp basal. Okay. Um, but if you set the negative IOB factor to 50%, your negative IOB will only be negative 0.5. So then it won't try to give you as much insulin. Yeah. Well, I, what I've learned to do in that scenario is just say like, like turn off microboluses without carbs until you find some stability and then we'll put it back on. And that actually, yeah, it's nice how free APS has that setting, yeah, um, which isn't in loop, right? Uh, Yeah, right. And Arden's using free APS, but the truth is at this point, there's so many different versions. I don't even know what to do anymore. Like we, maybe there's a better version I could be using. I, I, I don't even know how to know that at this point. Um, so you're using this yeah. with Omnipod, or are you using it with what kind of pump? Um, I well, I started out with a Medtronic because I had one in my drawer that mm-hmm. I worked with. Um, the nice thing about having Medtronics for 20 years. Um, but then I switched to to Omnipod. More so just because I was worried about the warranty situation. Like, if this pump breaks, I don't have a replacement for it. I can't get it repaired, really. Um, So then I started using Eros. And I didn't really think I'd care much about the tubeless feature. But then, like, six months later, uh, Thanksgiving came up. And I was like, I kept hearing people talk about the tunneling, um, like, for two big oboluses. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to put my Medtronic back on. And those were the most annoying three days of, like, (laughs) my pump going everywhere and having to take it off, put it back on, um, getting caught on things. Yeah. And like, I guess like, well, when it happens for 18 years, you just kind of deal with it. You don't really notice it. 
But then having six months without that and then going back to it, it was like, oh, this actually is a huge improvement. I've tried Dash and I like like I would like to move to Dash, but it's billed as pharmacy instead of DME. Um, and my yeah, insurance, the way it works, like it's way better for DME for me. I'm at the point now where I'd like to move on into loop with Dash. And um, you you can keep using free APS with Dash right now. Um, it's a different version of it, but it's it's still free, free APS. It should look almost exactly like what you're using now. Is it a stable build? Yes. Yeah. I might have it's, to. It's, a, it's the exact same thing, just with Dash added. Um, I think there's a couple other bugs that are fixed or something, but. I don't want to send her back to school um, with a prop with something that she wouldn't know how to deal with. Uh, but at the same time, I, this is about. I posted a um, a Diawi tutorial thing a yeah, while ago. Yeah. Um, so like you can remotely install it on her phone too. I've actually got like even when she's in Georgia, like you can just remotely update it or. Yeah, Mike. We're supposed to say Chicago. She goes to school in Chicago. That's what we're. Supposed oh, that's to say. what I said, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and interestingly enough, Kenny just sent me that same thing. Uh, and he and he and he's like, you know, you can just do it remotely now. And I was like, really? It's like, that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, that sounds good. <clears throat> so I, that's what I want to do. I just need to find the time to sit down and. I, I mean, I, I am assuming all I really do is just rebuild the app and then restart a pod with dash pods, and that's it. Yep. Yeah. Does um, what do you know about? So here's a thing. I, I, I put up a post the other day on Facebook. There's two things I want to talk to you about before I let you go. Um, I put up this thing on Facebook and I was like, tell me something you don't know. This is like the most popular thing I think I've ever posted online. It's just been seen by. Oh, your Heroku thing. Well, yeah. And yeah, because I don't understand it. I, I know I have a, a Heroku uh, app or page. I know I pay for it. Um, for the life of me, I don't now you do. really, yeah, they made me start paying for it. I, for the life of me, I don't really know what it does. Um, I know it's, if I, if I didn't have it, I wouldn't have night scout. I do like night scout. Um, and so like, I don't know, like, I don't understand. I, I've never done a thing I don't so, understand before as much as this. <laughs> so like Heroku is basically, it's the website that hosts your night scout app. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have another uh, MongoDB, like on another website, holds all the, the database. Um, so Heroku or the Salesforce, the people who owned them, they decided they can't keep the free tier anymore. So then they had to, like, now it costs $5 mm -hmm. a month is the, the minimum you can do. Um, so the easiest way is to just pay that $5 a month and then you don't have to do anything different. Um, Heroku just keeps working with your Night Scout. Right. Or now there's also, as soon as like the Heroku um, started, or, like announced that they were going to start charging $5, a lot of people started to look at other websites that could host it instead of Heroku. So like I've moved mine over to Google Cloud now. Um, so that'll, that'll just be free. Um, and then I also, with Google Cloud's nice because you don't have to go back and clean up the database. Um, because like with Heroku or with uh, the MongoDB, you're limited to half a gig, I think. Mm -hmm. So once you have like, you know, every six months or so, you got to go back in and clear the data. I've never Whereas done that. The, the I don't Google even, Cloud one. I don't even know what you're oh, talking about. Oh, really? You about. have to do that? Yeah. 
I'm fascinated that you're saying that. I was like, oh, is that a thing I'm supposed to be doing that I'm not doing too? Even I don't, if under penalty. I mean, if it's working, then I guess it doesn't, doesn't matter. Yeah. But under penalty of death, <laughs> I've seen the word, like the word MongoDB before. <laughs> and I even yeah. feel like I know that if I tried to log into it, I have a way to save password that. somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, and I, and I, but but it, I don't know. I just listened to somebody. They told me like do this. I did it, and it works, and it works amazingly. But I mean, that's the part of it. Like all of that is where this gets like sketchy. Like for for people coming in trying to like, oh, I'll try it. But then you like what you just said. I know makes sense to you. But as you're talking, <laughs> yeah. my brain's like, I don't know. It sounds like there's an app that's Night Scout. It has to be put somewhere has to exist somewhere and then i think well how come i can't just build it in the apple store like i in xcode like i do with the app for the loop like why is that not okay and then because it's it's got to be um it it can't run on your phone it's got to run like somewhere in the cloud and Mm -hmm. like it if it's an app it's got a someone like if someone put it in the app store they'd have to pay for their own big giant server for everyone that runs night scout um Okay. So this way, like you're just building it yourself. That way, someone doesn't have to hold everybody's. Like there are some websites that, um, like there's a couple. Uh, what do they call them? Like monitored. That's not the word. Um, Night Scout sites that like are just for web or just for Night Scout. Like mm-hmm. so, you can set it up, and they take care of all the the database work stuff behind it. And then you think, well, if you switch to this, because people have come on, people are like, go to rail. Is it railway? Yeah, railway is nice. Um, It's probably the easiest one to switch to. And then I'm like, I don't know, like, what what if that company goes out of business? Or what if, like, you know, you like the whole. Yeah, and then you got to switch to a different one. Or, yeah, that's also why I didn't go with railway, because I'm not really sure what the future of it is, where Mm. Google's not going to go away. Like, I suppose they could get rid of the free tier. But if that happens, I'll figure something else out. Yeah. See? That that's because you understand it. Because <laughs> you well, just... I I know where to go online to find other people that understand it. Oh well, that's probably better than understanding it yourself. I um I just feel bad when I ask people questions. I'm like I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Like I feel badly about it. But I think you know in the end I do talk about it on here, so it, it does it does get the word out. So I guess it's a fair trade. Um, but I just I keep thinking about in the future, like you know. I mean, is Arden going to have a MongoDB <laughs> when she's 30? <laughs> I bet she won't. <laughs> so um, anyway, I, I like the way that it's progressing. Yeah, so so you're telling me right now there's a version of free APS for Dash that's stable. Yes. Um, the problem is that free APS, like, it won't keep getting updated. Like, it'll, right now it's at a point where, like, They'll keep, like, when a new version of iOS or Xcode comes out, um, Marion will go in and, like, she'll try to keep it updated so that it continues to work and stuff. But there won't be other features that, like, it won't improve at all from here on out. Mm -hmm. And if something happens with a new version of iOS that breaks it, like, not going to spend a lot of time to fix it. I see. Um, So really, I mean, really, I think most people, including you, should just, just move over to the, well... Like, I guess by the time this comes out, Loop 3 will should be out on Master, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You think that's the way to um, go, Loop 3? Yeah, which is what Loop Dev is. Um, 
But right now, if you if you like go to the if you go to any if you like Google Loop Three right now, don't do it later because, like I said, this will be six months later. Um, but it, it the way it reads on the um, on the on the GitHub document, it's like it says right now, like this is being tested by experienced loopers right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's still in the uh, in a beta phase. Yeah, but I mean, I've been using it since March, I think. Okay. Um. And I've, I haven't had an issue with it, um, but I also like I keep tabs like I'm always in the looped group and I'm part of the the loop and learn group. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll check the zoo loop every once in a while, whereas like more of the the actual developers hang out there. So um, but then also like like it probably won't really matter because it'll be six months in the future. But uh, there's a, a version in loop docs called fixed dev, I think. Um where it's where Marion like froze loop dev at a certain point. So she's like, this loop at this version right now, like is fairly stable. Um like working well. So then that's the version that you'll download just from that. It's like a the build script works the same way that the master build script does. And um and you're so saying- then you like oh, I'm sorry. You won't keep getting the the new update stuff. Like so when they keep putting new stuff in and they're like because if you just take the very newest version of LoopDev every time, you don't know how much that's been tested. You don't really know um, if there's something that might break the app that gets added to it. Mm-hmm. But if you use the fixed dev, then there's nothing added to it anymore. Like that's just where it stops. It's frozen um, in time there. Been stable. Yeah. So and if something comes in and like a bug comes out and they're like, oh, this actually does affect the that version too. Well, then they'll they'll go in and look at the options and update that script to download. Uh, a version that that bug would have been fixed in. But even if that happens now with this new, like, I forget what you called it earlier, uh, what Kenny was telling me about, but, but if something, yeah, yeah, if, so if something happened to the app and it just crashed or it had a problem, it's now as easy as putting a link on a, like a cloud server, sending it to Arden, having her download it to her phone, click on it. And it just rebuilds the app right on her phone. Yep. That's insane. How come we um, haven't been doing yeah. that the whole time? Like that seems amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and well, the the one caveat is like it has to be a phone that you've already plugged into Xcode and built Loop to. Right. Yeah, you can't just install um, it fresh with an app. With like if, if if she threw her phone off the bridge and like needed to get a new phone, you can you like there are ways to get around it to add that phone to your Apple account without actually plugging it into your computer. But it's a lot more clicking around online. Mm-hmm. And like kind of a roundabout way to find like the specific number of the phone to enter. Um, so it is possible, but more difficult. It's interesting. So I'm going to put you in charge for a second. Should should Arden be using Loop Dev, the Loop Three? Um, yeah, I think as long as I mean, in, as long as you're active in the the diabetes like online community for Loop Looped. And like, so if there, if there is a bug or something catastrophic that comes up, like you would see it. Um, other than that, like I, for you, I would say, yeah, like, you know, loop well enough, like mm-hmm. better than anyone else really. So like, if something's not working right on it, I feel like you would see it and realize, but and then, and then like I just... said, since March, I haven't noticed anything really. So you haven't rebuilt the app in nine months. Oh no, I, I rebuild it a lot, but, um, the, well, the version I'm using now, I think, is from, like, two months ago. Okay. Um, and that's when it stopped getting updated. 
for the the fixed one. Yeah. And so you th- do you think it's getting close for them to say this is a like a stable version? I I hope so. Yeah. But I'm sure it'll probably go to like a release candidate where like they're like this is the version we think passes all the tests mm-hmm. and then that'll sit there for a little bit and then they'll as long as they don't have any problems with it then they'll move that to master. Yeah. Hey, can I can I move her to a version that supports dash and then four months from now remotely move her to loop three. Yes. Interesting. Um, yeah, you can do that. Um, okay. It'll be a little more difficult to move her back to free APS from three. Um, but I think it's just basically you have to make sure everything's uninstalled on the phone. Okay. Um, just like, like but, take the app off it completely. Yeah, there might be another step or two that you have to go through, um, but that would be in like Loop Docs. You could find that or message me, and I'll figure it out. Interesting. So if so, if I went to a version right now that was Dash compatible, but wasn't Loop three, which version would I be looking at? If you don't want Loop three, you still use the the fixed dev build script, but mm-hmm. that script has free APS dev in it. Okay. And that's that'd be what's basically what you're using now for APS, except with dash support added in. Got it. And that one's pretty people seem pretty happy with that right now. As near as I can tell from people talking online. So Yeah. Well I think like I said, I think we're um like the people running loop docs and like you're trying to push people more toward like if you want to use dash, um, especially if you're an experienced user uh, or a looper. To, to move towards the loop dev just because it's it's what everyone will move to soon, hopefully, mm. once it's released as master. It's interesting. Whereas I think, 3APS will eventually die out. I think that um, <clears throat> very few people listening to this understand what we're talking about. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, That's a good chance. <laughs> I also tried, uh, I tried free APS X mm-hmm. um, in like February this year, and it's so like it runs off the same as like the open APS or Android APS, like off that same base algorithm. Um, but developed by Ivan, the same guy who created free APS that you're using. Um, but it was still pretty early on in the development. Um, so it was neat and interesting. But then as soon as the Russia stuff happening, um, he can't really update it since then. Right. So it's just been kind of sitting there stagnant. So like once that, like once the Russia situation kind of figures itself out or like once he can start pushing updates to it, I might try that one again. Mm. I feel like we should smuggle him out of the country and get him here. (laughs) Seriously. Every time I talk to somebody, I'm like, I don't know who Ivan is, but could someone hire him please? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, what are we doing? Go get him. (laughs) Offer him a job for God's sakes. Uh, All right. Okay. Uh, is there anything we haven't talked about that you want to? Because I have one last thing for you. Um, oh, uh, maybe I'll mention the Anubis. Have you heard of that? Anubis. Anubis. No. It's, so it's made by it's made by people in Australia, and it's a Dexcom transmitter that they've like drilled into and modified the firmware on, um, so that uh, sensors don't end. So like you can just keep it running; you don't have to restart it. Really? And then it also puts the warm-up time down to 50 minutes. 
and it comes with a battery that lasts. Um, I think I got mine in like, I don't know, sometime early this year and the battery's still going. Like, I think the battery's supposed to last six months instead of three months, mm-hmm. but then you can take the battery out and put a new one in. That I've seen people do. I've seen them like dig into it, pull the battery out, put another, like put like hot glue over top of it to hold it in, something like that. Is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Yeah, basically. Wow, amazing. Wow. People... So then you can just have one transmitter and that'll just keep working. And then, uh, the, but the, the restart thing is what's really helpful then. Like I had a sensor on that lasted 30 days and was still like within 10 points. It was just where I, I, you just, sometimes it you was just, just get one. going just, strong. Like yeah. normally I get like 14 days and then it starts getting noisy. So then I pull it. Mm-hmm. I really wish G7 just lasted 14 days. Like I can't wait until, well, yeah, they get to that point. I thought it was going to, I thought that early on that was the challenge. Yeah. And right? then I think there is something with like the, uh, the adhesive, like they had problems getting it staying on everybody for 14 mm. days without making the adhesive too crazy. Yeah. But Libre has been doing it for a while, so I don't know why. Imagine it comes eventually. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, okay, my last thing for you. You left a review for the podcast that was <laughs> the, it was the most like thoughtful and lovely and then it made me cringe and it made me laugh and I just, I, I very much appreciated it. Thank you. <laughs> it, I've never read something that took me back and it's only a paragraph and I'm started reading it. And I was like, well, now I got to Google. I don't know who this person is. So I Google, I'm like, all right, that's who that is. And then you said something that I was like, oh, I don't like, don't, don't, <laughs> don't compare me to that. Like that made me feel weird. Kool-Aid. Yeah. I don't know. It was just so funny. Um, but I, there, there was a lot of parts of that. I was like, oh, I should take that out. Oh, no, maybe I'll leave it in. Like, I almost rewrote or like deleted that and redid it a couple of times. So no, I'm glad I left it there. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm glad you did too. Cause I feel like most people who read it will just be like, I don't know what this means exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> yep. I, I was, uh, I was just very, uh, it was heartwarming and, and it made me feel weird at the same time, which is how I know I liked it. Um, uh, but I appreciate you. I appreciate the podcast being valuable for you in a way that made you think to write that. So. Um, I think I've got 105 episodes left, and then I'm all caught up. I'm thinking of giving out an award for people who listen to all of them. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a digital award. <laughs> <laughs> well, <it's gotta> be. <laughs> I will not be sending a trophy to your house. You know the trophy, Mike, that you never won playing baseball. Are you I'm, the trophy? Am I the trophy? I am nobody's <laughs> trophy. That's for sure. No one would get me and go, "Oh, I feel very accomplished right now." <laughs> um, no, I just. Uh, I mean, it occurs to me, especially as the as the podcast gets into the eight hundreds, as far as um, and nine years, like in a couple of weeks, I start the ninth year of it. I saw this podcast the other day, so funny. It's been out for like three years, and they're like, "We're into season nine. and I and I thought to myself, "No, you're not." <laughs> like, stop it! You can't make a season ten episodes and then tell me you're that's a year, that's a month, that's two weeks for me. <laughs> like, like I make ten episodes in half a month, and they're like, "We're in season nine. I'm like, "You just started in two thousand and like twenty. Like, what are you talking about? Um, but, but anyway, uh, I just yeah, it's weird going back through the the podcast and because of how like you started off, I think like once a week and then moved it up and up and up and now it's like four times a week Mm -hmm. so like going back through the podcast it's like the last half of it is like the last two years yeah i mean not half but a good chunk of it is just like since covid and then like as soon as i hit the point that was like pre-covid 
it was weird. Well, COVID changed it for me because, yeah. um, because I saw overwhelmingly if people heard this already. They can probably, you could probably shut this off now, but overwhelmingly podcasters, I thought made the wrong decision at COVID. They, they, they were saying, well, people aren't going to be in their cars as much, so they're not going to listen as much. So they started making like less content. And I, it just struck me the complete opposite way. I was like, I'm going to make more because I think people are going to have a lot of time. And except for you, well, except for me, I'm the only one that didn't <laughs> get the cruise through COVID. And, um, and by the way, was up all night on Friday, getting you the Dexcom G7. So just listen to it, but that's not the point. The point <laughs> is that, um, and I also stopped thinking my, I stopped thinking of myself as a podcast. I, I, I mean, it's a podcast obviously, but you know, once a week or some come out twice a month or something like that. I started thinking about who, who is successful in the space of delivering audio to people. Like I looked at those people, those people don't put out an episode a week. They put out three or four a week. And when you listen to it, you might not always be interested. You might like log on on Tuesday and go, ah, I don't care about this interview, but I love the one on Monday and I might like the one on Wednesday. And I looked at that and I thought that's the model for me. I'm going to put out a lot of good content. You're not going to care about all of it maybe, and it's there if you want it. And, and that that's just where I went when COVID switched. And to your point a minute ago, this year, 2022, the podcast is just by a hair's breadth going to miss 5 million downloads in 2022. Ooh. So um, it's a big number for people who are not in podcasting. This show, I don't think I usually say this on the show, but but I'm in the 96th percentile of all podcasts that exist as far as downloads. Oh, all? Like yeah. not even just health, but no, all? No, not just in health. Actually, today in health, um, I actually have this in front of me because I pulled up, I was pulling up your review. Um, today in health, the podcast is 134. In health and fitness, which is the parent category, and that is, that's high. They only track the top 200 shows to begin with. Like you're you're charting if you're in the top two hundred, so I have a I have a parent category health and fitness which I'm a, I'm one thirty four in today, and uh, it pretty consistently stays in the top two hundred all year long, but in its in its subcategory which is health and fitness medicine, I'm number twelve today. In and there's some pretty big podcasts ahead of me, like like stuff that has, you know dozens of people working for them and they they are part of a media company and um like i read down from the top peter atia which is a huge health podcast mark hyman Rhonda patrick uh paul saladino like you know these are the people peter mccullough these matt walker they're the only ones really ahead of me and then it's me today and i guarantee you that they don't make that podcast by themselves so it's pretty cool RFK is there too, but I'm not sure of what it is he's peddling. So I didn't, I, I haven't looked too deeply. I've heard people uh, on two different sides of him. So I, I'm, I'm staying away from that one. But, uh, but yeah, the podcast is, it, it, uh, popularity is measured by downloads and by new um, subscribers. So the one great thing about charting is if you're not constantly getting new subscribers, you don't chart. 
Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and and that's the big deal about being in the. Uh, I think in the medicine category, I've 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 been pretty consistently in the top twenty for like the last three years. So, um, anyway, uh, I just want I put content out, and if you want it, that's great. If you don't, like I, I get it. Like you know what I mean. So you'll you'll like the one the next just, day. Hopefully. Just don't go look for a summary of it online. Yeah, because what the fuck? Well, the crazy thing too is like. Your transcripts are on the website, so if they really wanted to just read it, they could just skim it there. I also don't think that these people are, like, bad people who are like, please just tell me. Like, I just need to know this yeah. thing. They don't know my... And that's why I I, I thought... Yeah. In a tell jo- me now. Yeah, I thought in a joking way, like, and, and, and yet, like, very, like, I don't know. Honestly, I was just trying to say, like, please understand my side of this. If we all give away what's in the podcast and nobody has to listen to the podcast, then there won't be a podcast. Like, that's it. Unless you want me to start charging you for the show. And, you know, the truth is, if people did that, I'd make a lot more money. Like, a significant amount more. And I still don't think it's right to charge you for the show. So, I don't do it that way. I, yeah, you start, you'd be making more money, maybe, but you'd be reaching a lot less people. Exactly. And I don't want that. I don't want to limit who gets to hear it. Because you can say something, I mean, think about it. The five million downloads. What if I charge 10 cents an episode? Just 10 cents. I don't know the math on that because I'm not smart. Okay. But uh, well, I'd have spent $80 this year then. Right. And you're, and you're one person. <laughs> so if I take 5 million, that's a lot of zeros. Okay. So I take 5 million. <laughs> you got to help me on this because I might be wrong. So that's five zero 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 zero. <laughs> Wait, is that wrong? <laughs> Hold on six zeros. Six zeros. Five. Oh, one, wait. Yeah. Two, three, four, five, six. Five million. And I say times 0.1. That would be 10 cents, right? Yep. Ah. Yes. I would have made $500,000 this year. Oh. I want you to know I don't make $500,000 a year. So, um, <laughs> so just like, every other year. Well, now, so now think about that. That was 10 cents. What if I just made it 20 cents a download? I would have made a million dollars this year. And instead I take ads and I let the advertisers pay for it. And you guys don't have to pay anything for it. So because of what Mike just said, Mike, you're a smart person. Like, like (laughs) even if you charge 20 cents, 20 cents for something, it will eventually eliminate some people. And then what happens if that's the person who doesn't know how to bolus for fat and, then they spend their entire life with a seven and a half A1C when it could have been a five and a half A1C if they only would have known to put in some more for French fries an hour later. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to think that I'm limiting people from getting to good information just to make money. Although now that we did that with the calculator, I really would like to have charged 20 cents for each episode. <laughs> <laughs> put up this, <laughs> And I'm going to think about it for a little while after you and I get off. <laughs> and it's going to make me a little sad inside, but I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I'll be all right, Mike. I'll get past it. Um, but anyway, I just think it's uh I think it's a, it's a, it's an endeavor that I like being part of. I like trying to help people in mass. And I, and I'm not telling you that one day, maybe the advertisers will dry up one day and you'll hear me get on here and go, look, <laughs> the podcast costs 20 cents an episode. Now you don't like it. Don't listen. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, but for now I'm, I've, I've been able to keep it for n- eight, eight solid years, 800 episodes. I've been able to keep this podcast free for people. 
and um and still my house is heated you know so um that that's my goal although i guess maybe i should take a swing at the end right mike what do you think like the last year go completely dirty just curse through the whole thing charge like 25 cents an episode oh. I, I think if you just made a separate one that was unedited, not unedited, but like uncensored. Yeah. And then just charge for that one. I think people might buy that. You think I could do that? Just curse like a, so when am I going to record it? <laughs> Jesus, I don't have any time. I I might have to get an editor. Let's make enough money that that can happen. Although I also need to like, I have these people, these wonderful people who help for free with the Facebook page. And that's important too. I need I need more money. All the advertisers have to pay twice as much. I gotta I have to start paying moderators online. That's it, Mike. I'll call them right now and let them know the price is doubling. You think they'll be okay with that? <laughs> I think they'll be okay with whatever you tell them. No, I don't think they will. I think they tell me to go to hell. <laughs> a huge thanks to Mike. Hey, a huge thanks to Mike for being on the show today and for all he does for people living with type one diabetes. I also want to thank Cozy Earth and remind you to use the offer code JUICEBOX at checkout to save 35% off your entire order. And of course, touched by type1.org. Go check out the event, find out the details. And while you're at it, why not find them on Instagram and Facebook and give them a follow. At the end of the music, I have a little note for you from Mike to add on to what he said here. I will read it in just a second. Thanks so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please share it with someone else and give it a follow or a subscribe in your favorite audio app. If you're looking for community around diabetes, look no farther than the Juice Box Podcast on Facebook, a private group with 40,000 members. There's a conversation happening right now that you want to know about. Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. I don't care if you have Type 1 or Type 2, LADA, doesn't matter to me. I don't care if you eat uh, keto, if you eat a uh, bunch of hot dogs with potato chips, doesn't matter to me how you eat, doesn't matter to me what you do. Matters to me that you know how to use insulin and you feel supported. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. Mike sent me a note the other day that said, hey Scott, I mentioned I might switch back to free APSX when I was recording your episode. So could you please update people that I did switch back, except now it's called IAPS. Anyway, about a month ago, he switched back and he's loving it. He said, I opened the app far less than I used to uh, with Loop. And now that I've switched to LoomJev, which is a faster acting insulin, I'm sitting 98% of the time in my target range of 70 to 180. Prior to that, he was sitting at 90% since he switched to Dexcom and Loop 2 two years ago. For two years, he was Dexcom and Loop 2. Now he's using something called IAPS and seeing better time and range. And Mike just wanted to let you know. All right, everybody. This was a good day. I'm feeling good. I'm going to go check out my movie. I am seriously going to go put on my joggers. And uh, I'll let you know how the movie was later, even though I didn't tell you what movie it is. You guys can wonder what movie I went to see. Hey, go follow that Facebook group. Subscribe and follow the podcast in an audio app. Share the show with somebody else. And accept my thank you for doing all of that. I'll see you very soon when I'm back again with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.